This is a very special Twins Insider podcast. Michael Rand here, Jim Suhan from Detroit, where about 12 hours ago, Twins clinched the AL Central Division title, first title since 2010. A pretty good uh, bit of celebrating last night, I would say, uh, judging by the uh, social media posts and the uh, Thursday lineup. <laughs> Jim, what, what did you? Uh, what have we? What have we learned out there? What uh, What did you like? Uh, like what you saw out of the uh, the game and the celebration on Wednesday night? Well, it, it was you know as I wrote about for this is this team has had a really fascinating blend of good fortune and misfortune. Sure. I mean, they had you know nobody saw Garver doing this. Uh, right. Nobody saw this bullpen re- resurrecting itself or May and Duffy coming back or I don't know anybody was sure. That I th- I always thought they should stick with Snow. I'm not sure anybody's sure he's going to be one of the best hitters in baseball second half. You didn't know for sure that Cruz is going to have the impact he did. I mean they're they had to have a lot of things fall into place to win 100 games, which is what they're going to do. On the flip side, Buxton might be their best player, and he's hurt. Yeah. Uh, they've had a million uh, injuries. They've had a million minor injuries. They've had a mil- million injuries that have affected the way people have performed and how often they're effect- you know, they've been able to be effective. They're short on starting pitchers. It's like it, it's a really interesting blend of, of good fortune and misfortune. I still can't re- believe they're going to win 100 games, though. They're going to win 100 games the second time in franchise history with a first-year manager and a bunch of relievers who everybody wanted to execute it this season. Uh, this yeah. is, this is, you know, it, it's amazing. And yes, I was in there for the celebration. And yes, it was a good party. I will say it wasn't one of the wilder parties I've ever seen. Okay. Uh, I think they knew that they're going to win. I think they really want wanted to have success in the postseason. So while they they partied and did all the things you're supposed to do, I didn't sense like this sense of desperation or or disbelief it was more like no yeah it was time to party so it's party interesting point on the you know the fortune versus misfortune that's that's a good way to characterize it because they've you know you're right they had so many guys have career years or or step out of basically virtual obscurity or or complete obscurity like randy dobnik my goodness he sounds like you know he it seems like he basically like is a guy who had to like almost like he's lied on his resume to get a chance to pitch somewhere. You know, he's what's this league you pitched in? Okay, uh, sure you pitched there, and then all of a sudden he's you know maybe going to be a playoff pitcher. But you're right. I mean, Michael Pineda, um, you know, Sam Dyson, the guy that was right. kind of their big uh, postseason push, you know, relief deadline acquisition, is out for if not this year too, maybe 2020. Um, and then obviously Buxton. So yeah, good good points on on that. And and also I think you're maybe the the celebration maybe matches the tone of the whole season. This seemed like a pretty confident, yep. maybe business like is not quite the right word because it's a sense they had some fun along the way. But that that uh, a team that has maybe greater aspirations or was not surprised at a certain point by their success. Does that seem fair? Yes, absolutely. And, you know, what I've heard in a lot of my conversations here has, you know, this is kind of off the record with people I usually check in just to make sure I'm not going down the wrong road with yeah. the way I'm thinking. Uh, they think there's a real belief in this clubhouse that they can slug their way to a World Series. Okay. And, and listen, you know, part of that is because if you're going to have any success, you have to believe in yourself to begin with. And yeah. nobody really knows what's going to happen. You can lose a million different ways and you could get swept by the Yankees because that happens. But, it doesn't feel like a young, immature team is kind of goofy. Like, listen, a lot of those 2000 Twins teams were a blast to be around. I love those guys. But it, you know, there was also a little bit of kind of youthful immaturity mixed in. You sure. know? This feels like a – I mean, I think in part because of Baldelli's personality, in part because they've gotten everybody to buy into 
uh, how they make decisions in part because of Nelson Cruz, maybe mostly because of Nelson Cruz. Sure. This is a team that, that really thinks seriously about expectations and achievements. And it, this isn't just like we, we won. It's more like, okay, we won and we think we're good enough to win more. And we think we have a formula that allows us to beat good pitching. And we actually, and here's the big transformation. They believe that, They've gone from a franchise that had to be afraid to bring anybody in in the sixth inning yeah. out of the bullpen to a franchise that feels like we have to go two bullpen games in the playoffs. Actually, that's our strengths. Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah, that's, that's that's a good point. I mean, and kind of leads into kind of you know some questions going forward. Before I get too deep into playoff roster analysis or, or what they might do, uh, I wanted to circle back on Rocco because his personality feels like it's been. Uh, a key storyline throughout the year as they've, they've, you know, weathered some of this adversity. He's remained about as upbeat or as even keeled as 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 possible. Did he let himself let loose a little bit last night? I mean, it was his birthday after all. I mean, geez, if, if ever there's going to be a time for him to to let the guard down a little bit, it would have been last night. I just don't think he does that. Yeah. Uh, you know, when I saw everybody really going crazy down there, I saw Rocco walking over to the pole lads and Dave St. Peter and shaking their hands like he was at a business meeting. So yes. yeah. did he have a beer? Did he have fun? Yes. Did he cut loose? I don't think that just, I don't think that's what he does. Okay. Not unless he's at a fish concert. Well, that's nobody at a fish concert cuts loose. You go to a fish concert. <laughs> that's, true. To, that's true. You know, Fish concerts are so you can kind of nap with your eyes open. Maybe, maybe that's the one. Maybe that's why they're the perfect band for him. Okay, exactly. you you mentioned the possibility of you know multiple bullpen games. If you are are guessing right now, what's what's the strategy for you know as we look towards the playoffs? It's almost certainly going to be the Yankees at this point. I think I think what Houston just needs one more win or or yep. New York loss at this point to to make it yep. so. Um, what's the what's the pitching strategy? Do you, do you feel like, I guess, what's the trust level in Dobnik? What's the trust level in Kyle Gibson? And you know, how do they feel about, you know, how are they going to set this up, if you had to guess? I don't know for sure. Uh, I think they're really just, you know, I think they kick around a lot of ideas. I don't know that they know for sure at this point. Here, You know, one of the keys here is Gibson. Yeah, He's the longest tenured member of the team. He hasn't been pitching well. He hasn't been very strong because of his illnesses. So if he's if he's going to be on the playoff roster, yeah, which I think he is, yeah, and if you think you're going to need everybody to pitch for you, then you have him start because he's used to starting and just have a very short hook. Like yeah. maybe even in the middle of the first inning or third inning or whatever, right. if he gets trouble or it looks like he's not commanding, you just get him out of there. Yeah. Do you start with Gibson because he's a starter? Or you start with Dobnik and, let's say, Smelter because they've just been so good in those roles. Sure. You know, and that's that's kind of where the, I think the decision-making pro, uh, process starts, and I don't know how they come down on that. Yeah. Uh, if it's me, i probably dispense with sentiment, and i probably go with, I would like to see Dobnik start one game and Smelter start another and mix in Gratterall and May and Duffy and and Latell yeah. and just see how it goes and just play it situationally instead of worrying about egos and tradition. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. It's a, do you feel like the, I mean, sentiment is, it doesn't feel like an, an, an entirely sentimental group of decision makers, but do they have to weigh 
kind of the the clubhouse and and what Gibson, you know, what other kind of intangibles or how that would look to his teammates if he was left off uh, as as they approach this? They do. They will weigh it. Uh, you know, as Falvey told me the other day, uh, analytics doesn't mean doing nothing but listening to the numbers. Right. Analytics means you inform your gut. So yep. when you make a gut decision, there's a good rationale behind it. So they are going to weigh all those things. Here's the other factor. Do you, what, first, do you make a move like that based on sentiment for a guy you might not even bring back next year? Yeah, that's true. I mean, he's a free agent. A lot of these guys yeah. are. I, th- I think the easy out here is going to be, okay, he's just not, Kyle Gibson just isn't himself. He's not that strong. Maybe you can use him in a mop-up role or, you know, at the end of a blowout, you know, but but he's just not ready to start right now. I think that's the easy out. Yeah, I think that's that's fair. I mean, and it, is there anything, I mean, it it's, it's always been to their benefit to have these, you know, 13 games at the end of the year against this lesser competition, but it also means that, it's kind of hard for him to prove anything at this point, right? I mean, even if he goes out and pitches well against Kansas City this weekend, does that give you much of a of a read on what he might do against, you know, at the Yankees in the Yankee Stadium or, or a target field? May not. Uh, the, the other factor there is, again, from people who really break things down and don't just look at box scores, uh, I don't think – I think they'll look at pitch quality yeah. and strength and sure. stamina more than just results. Yeah. Randy Dobnik is interesting now. Uh, he, he keeps pitching really well. You just you watch him. The, the pitch mix is good. He doesn't seem like he's got a lot of fear in him. I mean, is he kind of muscling his way into, you know, not just uh, hey let's you know let's let's try him at the start of a bullpen game, but into a uh, hey this this guy could pitch five innings in a playoff game. Yeah, I mean that's the thing is. Because they're not thinking traditionally and because they're giving themselves flexibility, maybe they start Dobnik and say, we'll go until we don't think he's the right guy anymore. Yeah. You know? And maybe that is, maybe it's two innings. Maybe it's six innings. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. You can go into a game saying it's a bullpen game and then say, nope, not a bullpen game anymore. It's, it's Dobnik's game. Yeah. Um, Phil Miller texted me a little while ago. He says it sounds like, Barrios is for sure the game one starter, or at least that's what he he was told. Uh, so any of the Odorizzi versus Barrios chatter, as long as what Phil was told is correct, that that seems to be out the window. How how would you set it up? Would you go one two Barrios Odorizzi, or do you kind of mix mix in a bullpen game in game two because then you've got the off day uh, to to get everybody rested again? Oh no, I I thought it was Brios all along. I thought okay. that was just fan chatter that Odorizzi okay. could be the number one starter. It was always Brios. He's this he's the organizational ace. Okay. You give the ball to the organizational ace unless there's something really wrong and you know, who knows? I mean I, I think Brios did enough his last start to say, Okay, I'm ready, that he's the guy. Odorizzi's game number two because, you know, then if you get to a game five, uh Brios can start it and Odorizzi might even be able to pitch in if you need him to sure uh and then games three and four i really do think they're gonna be bullpen games but again you know it'll be they might not call them bullpen games right maybe maybe they start gibson and just are willing to pull him after 10 pitches if he doesn't look right maybe they start dobnik and they let him go seven innings maybe they start smelter and they have no idea how many innings he's gonna go. sorry i'm getting chased by carts now. <laughs> um hazard pay uh so so you know i mean that again that's I guess the beauty of not thinking traditionally is yeah. you can change any you can change your plans any inning. 
What would Gardy do? Man, Gardy's in the other dugout. I mean, he's. I mean, he unfortunately he'd lose 115 games. But uh, if if this was a different managerial regime that didn't think that way, you feel like it would it would be a, a different feel going into these playoffs. You know, after the Pineda suspension, it would it would be a little more dire. I would imagine if if you couldn't think differently about how you set things up. Yes, and and you know, so I, I have two kind of opposing thoughts on this. Number one, you know. I covered TK when he went through eight straight losing seasons Yeah, and he got beat up and it obviously wasn't his fault. Right. I covered Gardy when he went through a bunch of losing seasons. And while I didn't always agree with him strategically, it's not like the, it's not like the losing was his fault. Yeah. They lost because they had bad teams. Sure. Uh, so I don't want to make this sound like I'm taking pot shots at a guy who won a lot of games for the twins, but I do think, Guardy was a gut manager for better sure. or worse. That makes sense. I do think, I do think he'd be like, Gibby's our guy. We're going with him. And then he would have to take like 85 tums in the first inning because he really <laughs> wanted to pull him right. and he would, and he would pull him. But <laughs> I think he would, I think he would go. I think his mindset would be Gibson and Perez were our starters. They got us here. We're going with them. And they just have a quick hook. Yeah, that's fair. Rest of the playoff roster on the offensive side isn't quite as intriguing, but there's some some interesting questions lingering out there. Especially if, I mean, if if I don't know if they're going to take eleven or twelve pitchers, that's it's still a strategic kind of thing. If you're going to try two bullpen games, you might need a twelve pitcher playoff roster, and that might make your bench pretty short, and that might lead to some interesting decisions. I mean, do you think is Ostadio? on the playoff roster is was Lamont Wade done enough to, to push for a spot? How do you, how do you see that shaking out? It's interesting. And part of it is due to Adrian's health yep. and Marwin Gonzalez's health because yep. either of them can play anywhere on the diamond. Gonzalez gives you a backup shortstop. So you wouldn't necessarily have to bring Adrianza. Uh, I think it's cave or Wade. And I think they might have to lean toward Wade because he's taking better at bats right now. And he's, and in terms of fielding, Wade's probably a little more reliable. Cave covers more ground. Uh, but it'd probably be hard not to take the guys taking the better bats right now, just in case you need a pinch hitter or something. Um, Adrianza, you know, Gonzalez, their health will determine a lot. I don't think Asadio makes the playoff roster unless unless injuries force him onto the playoff yeah, roster. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Is we get any? Uh, Marwin didn't play yesterday. Obviously, he's he's kind of been you know trying and, and, you know, contributing even with the, the oblique. He had the big hit, what is it, against uh, Chicago a couple weeks ago or la- last week? Yep. Um, is this more of a, a rest kind of thing, or do they, or is there a legitimate concern level on, on that one? Uh, there's concern. Um, I think, I really think today is just a get-through-it day. Yeah. And I think in, Can- in Kansas City, they're going to test Kepler, Gonzalez, Adrianza, and see who's really ready. What's your favorite part of the uh, post-hangover lineup today? Is it Lamont Wade at first base? Is it Miller hitting leadoff? Uh, what's this is a this is quite a uh, quite a predictable but uh, but funny crew they've put out there today. Oh, I think Ostadio batting three holes is the <laughs> the greatest thing that ever happened. Ostadio in the three hole, uh, Lamont Wade at first base. He never played first base in his life, so uh, uh, that's uh, that, that'll be fun. Now let's let's close with this. A lot of people are going to be panicking uh because it, it probably is going to be the Yankees again but we've we've you know talked on and off about how this is you know despite the history um and, and players don't care about the history but despite any of that this is the better matchup for for them they, they're not gonna probably out slug the Astros because the Astros pitching is just so 
ridiculous. I mean, you know, if you're going to beat a team 10 to 8, it's probably going to be the Yankees. So how do you I mean, do you do you feel like they are suited to to compete with and and beat the Yankees in spite of all the uh, you know, the 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 history we've got going here? Well, you know, when we talk about predictions and looking forward, you almost always have to start with a disclaimer. Nobody has any idea who's going to win. And nobody, I mean, you know, I mean, the Twins' best team in the 2000s was 2006. Yeah. And they got beat by a fairly average playoff team, got swept by, a, a, you know, an, a, a good but not great Oakland A's team. And then uh, I think it was Detroit knocked off the Yankees. Yeah. And that would have been the year they wouldn't even have to beat the Yankees yeah. in the World Series. True. So, you know, I mean, uh, I think any – if any educated Twins fan would desperately want the Twins to play the Yankees, and it looks like they will. Um, it, it's it's going to be a slugfest. Yeah. Uh, the Twins' bullpen is much better. Than, I mean, I go back to that series, and both teams have similar injury problems and similar pitching problems. I go back to that series in Target Field in July. Yeah. It was a great series. Both teams won one game by outslugging, and then Kepler hits a screaming drive to right. center field, and if Aaron Hicks doesn't make an ungodly play, Twins win that series. Yeah. Uh, I think you're going to see a lot of games like that, and who knows what size it. One diving catch, one bad bullpen outing, whatever. I, I think, but I just, I there, let me put it this way. I don't think there's any reason for this Twins team to fear the Yankees. I know for a fact that this twin that this Twins team doesn't fear the Yankees, um, and that doesn't mean they're going to win. But that's definitely the the more palatable matchup. If they if it gets to it, can they beat the Astros? Well, I, I mean, they would be severe underdogs. I, you know, I, I, there's no, let me go this way. There's no logical reason you would pick the Twins to beat the Astros. Right. Astros have dominant starting pitching. They have championship pedigree. They have great position players. They've won before. I mean, you'd, you'd be a fool to pick the Twins in that situation. Sure. You know, I, the counter from Twins people I've talked to is that this lineup figures out a way to beat good pitching. Yeah. And they and have don't, and don't, don't think that because you're facing an ace or an ace quality starter doesn't mean the Twins won't wear him down and get to the bullpen. So that's their counter. You know, listen, the, the Astros would be if, if they played that series a hundred times, the Astros might win eighty-five of them or whatever. But but you know that's why we watch the games. Appreciate it, Jim. Good stuff. Uh, what are you going to write about today? The the, the postseason. I the, think the hangover. I think today. <laughs> I think I think today I'm going to write about for the Friday paper. I'm going to write about the fact that the you know late July. Uh, you know, twins relievers couldn't walk down, you know, through downtown Minneapolis without a security guard. Yeah, and now, and now they're they're almost looking forward to having bullpen games in the playoff series. That was the last time Tyler Duffy gave up a run, wasn't it? I mean, uh, this, July twenty third. I this think this guy. I mean, unbelievable. What a what a what a run he's on. What a heater he's on right now. Yeah, and you know, and it goes with a theme here uh, that they want their guys throw hard they yep. want their guys to cut loose four seamers and then pitch off the four seamer and duffy used to be a nibbler hey maybe he'll swing it or pitch five inches off the strike zone and i'm now i'm completely at the mercy of the home plate umpire i was blowing people away yeah 2015 duffy the the guy that kept them in the wild card race he was curveball duffy this is a yeah. this is a brand new guy it is it's 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 really stunning to see what he and may have done since late july good stuff jim appreciate it have fun out there thanks michael okay. thanks bye